Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Wherever you are listening in the world, I hope that you are well. And when the time comes, I wish you a merry, merry Christmas and a happy new year. What a year it has been uh, for the team. You know, when I look back on 2023, I will have nothing but fond memories. Um, There have been some amazing wins, uh, some close calls, some tough losses along the way. But when I look back, as I said, I'll have an enormous amount of pride for each and every single one of those athletes that graced the stage. And for as much as it is a bit of downtime for me as a um, prep coach in regards to going to shows, because shows are done, I still have quite a bunch of people on prep for the moment. At least, um, I think 14, 15 people are on prep at the moment for me that are going to be competing early on next year. And I think 16 of them, 16 of the clients I have competing next year will go in the first four weeks. And I think I have 30 so far. Which would, be, which would be great, but for a lot of people, um, it's kind of like a downtime period, isn't it? If you're not on prep, they're in off-season, but at the same time, a lot of people can take a little bit of foot off the gas when it comes to this time of year, um, just simply due to Christmas meals and family events and, and this, that and the next thing. But I figured whilst people are either off-season or having a bit of downtime, I'd still continue to put out an episode here or there. Not as frequently as perhaps I used to do, but um, so I, I will still continue to do do it every other week in 2024. And today's episode is just going to be discussing like female PD usage, but specifically going down like a non-androgenic pathway route. And again, I'm not trying to confuse you or give you big fancy words. Um, so let's first talk about what um, androgenic means. It kind of stems from, um, if you don't know, uh, anabolic androgenic steroids is the full name for what we call steroids. Anabolic refers to the muscle gaining properties that you get from steroids and then androgenic refers to the all the other side effects that um, you may get, such as, um, you know, facial hair growth or body hair growth, um, skin being a little bit, you know, like some spots on the skin, deepening of the voice, uh, and to an extreme part, you know, like clitoral growth, as a viralization stuff that you maybe don't want in females. So what I'm getting at is that there are PEDs out there that you could use that are non-androgenic. And you could easily use these, some of these, um, in in an off-season scenario, and then you could even use other, uh, some of these in in a prep. And with them being non-androgenic, you aren't going to experience those unwanted sides that you, of course, don't want. And as a recap, if you haven't listened to any other of my um, podcasts on female PD usage, uh, how do you get these unwanted sides is when you use steroids and you spend more time on them than you do off them over the course of, let's say, five years, you have a natural testosterone range as a female from 0.5, let's call it, to about 1.8, roughly, give or take 0.1 nanomole here or there. And um, if you go out with the range and you stay out with the range consistently, so let's say you use a bit of anavar and it pushes you to like push you like a 3 nanomole per litre, and you stay there for a long period of time, that's when you see those unwanted sides. But you can strategically push out the range and come back in, push out the range, come back in and not see any of those sides. But what I'm getting at is using 
using PDs that aren't steroids. So you'll stay, your testosterone levels will stay as they are and you won't experience these sort of nasty sides that some of which are irreversible. Things such as your skin, that'll clear up no problem. However, if your voice goes deep, it might stay deep. But if you start to notice some signs such as a little bit of crackling in your voice when you're maybe doing a high-pitched scream, you know, you're shouting at a show and all of a sudden, boom, you hear this little crack in the voice. Like, right, okay, that's a warning sign. You maybe need to back off the gas and then everything should be fine. Um, body hair growth as well. Again, things like that that you don't want. So the first one I'm going to discuss, and this is maybe going to... I, I think that this is not spoken about enough. Um, and something that's a, a really, really useful tool that... Um, I have with a lot of my more muscle, mus, uh, more muscular girls, is the use of insulin uh, within the female uh, PD scope or realm. It, why is it not? Why is it not discussed? Because a lot of um, in the female industry, the bikini class is ultimately the the biggest class there is, right? And the bikini girls are never going to need to use this. Never ever going to need to use this. Why? Typically. Their food probably won't get high enough, albeit there will be multiple exceptions, you know, um, on which uh, someone could argue against that for sure. Because I've got, I mean, even, even now, I've got some bikini girls that are on, you know, almost at 500 grams of carbs. Um, fuck, I've got one girl who's at 700, which is mental. So yeah, you could say that's warranted. But the, the bikini girls, they're not looking to develop the same amount of muscle as like an open bodybuilder will be. Or like a figure athlete, like athletic figure girl. Um, some may argue tone, but mostly athletic or figure for like NPC, women's physique, etc., etc. Like what I'm, what I'm kind of more leaning towards, and what I'm suggesting here, is insulin usage in those classes. But the reason it's not spoken about is that because bikini girls won't need to use this, so they don't. So then they don't speak about that, and then the girls that are maybe perhaps in figure or um, physique, there's not as many. So even if they do speak about it, which a lot of them don't, um, there's not. It's not as widely known, spoken about. And and I'll be honest with you, I don't know why it's not spoken about as much. It's it might be because not a lot of them are using it. But this is a conversation uh, I guess that I had with an old coach of mine many moons ago about female PD usage, and he he said insulin and. It now makes sense in my head, but when I first heard it, I was like, nah, surely not. But hear me out. Um, again, let's assume, if you're listening to this, you haven't listened to um, the Insulin podcast that I've done. I've done three, I think, so far. And I encourage you to go back to listen to them um, about Nova Rapids, about Lantis, about why you would do it. But as a summary, why we use insulin in the bodybuilding realm is to, number one, help manage our blood sugars more effectively and have them in a more optimal range to gain muscle mass. Now, people might say, oh, but Vaughn, if you use insulin, could you not develop diabetes? Well, no. You're actually reducing your risk of developing type 2 diabetes by using extraneous insulin. Why? Because diabetes is something that stems from having chronically high levels of blood sugar. So if you use a little bit of insulin and you bring it down to a more optimal range, you're not going to develop that that disease. It's as simple as that. We also use insulin to increase training performance, to increase you know 
nutrient delivery, carbohydrate, fluid, etc., um, to to muscle to then help obviously aid performance. And what we're trying to stem from all of this is obviously muscle growth. Simple as that. That's where we're trying to use it. We're trying to use it to get a little bit jacked, a little bit more jacked than we are, and it will help you get a pump on that you would struggle to get without without its use. Of course you're going to get pumped during training. But what I typically favour uh, with females is I typically start them, if again, and I'm solely speaking about the more muscular classes here, and if you have some tone figures that want to use it, I could see your argument, but I, I personally feel there's no place in bikini. But let's say I've got a figure girl, athletic figure girl, and her carbs are kind of starting to get above the 450 marker. In my eyes, particularly if the appetite is struggling, and maybe you're seeing a little bit of stagnation with progress, that's where I feel it would be really, really beneficial to use a little bit of Novo Rapid. 100% around the workout parameter, even just starting off with four IUs pre-workout, and then as you kind of, those, those grams of carbs bump up again, I think that you can go, let's say three or four, um, and that's me being really conservative, saying that. I understand I have a duty of care. Um, but me giving out numbers, I don't want someone to listen to, listen to this, take it, and then all of a sudden, boom, uh, something happens and they die. You know, everything I say here is not deemed as advice. It's all hypothetical, and, you know, as you should should be taken as such. Um, but let's say you put in three or four post workout as well. Then as carbohydrates get close to the 700 gram of carb marker, that's when I think that there could be an argument to use something like Lantus. You're thinking, Vaughn, what does Nova Rapid mean? What does Lantus mean? Nova Rapid is fast-acting insulin. It is something that will drop your begin to drop your blood sugar within 20 minutes of injection. So that's why perhaps if, if injected 10 minutes prior to the workout, it's going to help push that those carbohydrate meal that's been digested because you've eaten it 90 minutes to 120 minutes before your workout. It's going to help that be pushed into muscle, but at the same time, you're having some intra-workout carbohydrates to top that up to continue to get a really big pump on. Then thereafter, let's say that post-workout meal is like 200 grams of carbs. That could be like 180 grams of Cocoa Pops, a couple of squares, bars. Well, that's a fucking big meal. You know what I'm saying? Or a couple of bananas. It's a big meal. And again, that insulin will be taken after you've consumed that meal and it'll start to drop those blood sugars within about 20 minutes. It'll stay in your body between, has a half-life of between two and four hours. And then that's it, that's that done. Um, whereas, so that's very fast acting, right? Quick hitting, boom, boom, boom. Lantus is something that is long acting, is an onset time of several hours. So it takes several hours to start lowering your blood sugar. Just mops up residual blood glucose, um, or blood sugars, you could say, across the day. And again, holds you in more of an optimal range across the whole day to be more inclined for your muscle to push nutrients into muscle than into fat. So you're in using some some insulin, one could argue that you will have a better body composition and be able to put on more muscle opposed to, to fat. It's as simple as that. So that's kind of like a little summary of what insulin does, but why I feel it's very appropriate for females because, I mean, one of the side effects of insulin could be a hypoglycemic shock, right? If abused and used wrongly and incorrectly, and that's where I would encourage you to speak with like myself or someone else that knows what they're speaking about before going ahead using it. 
but you're not going to see any other like you're not going to see any sides unwanted sides from this ladies because you're 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 not playing about with your your hormone level your testosterone level um, or your sex hormone uh, levels I should say you're you're just you're just having an impact on your insulin levels which is a peptide hormone so that's why I've I've, I've said that the difference between sex hormone like you're not you're not playing about with testosterone or estrogen or, or progesterone or anything like that you're just playing about with insulin and it, it'll be super super effective and what I'd encourage you to do is because the first time I have this chat with the majority of females they're often very scared about it and it's absolutely fair because mostly most people are when you speak about insulin so I always say well why not speak to other females that um, are using it and that'll give you more of an indication like I always say in a in a male dominated industry as a female don't just go off a male like a male's word any of my girls that are taking BDs I give them information and I'll say look I'll speak to a couple of girls in the chat and I'll see if they can reach out and you guys can chat a little bit more because in that way you get information from me but then you get real life experience from those girls as well on how their experience was blah 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 and then usually they have more more confidence to go ahead with it. So I think insulin, as a start, if carbohydrates are high enough, if you're muscled enough for it, then it's a brilliant tool to use. What other tools are there that you can implement? So HDH is one that is often spoken about and thrown about. And if you're unsure of the ins and outs of HDH and what it does, Again, I'd encourage you to go um, go back, it's probably fucking about 50 podcasts back, um, and listen to what it does. But effectively, human growth hormone is what HGH stands for. When injected, um, it kind of promotes its effects through the um, insulin growth hor- uh, growth like factor 1, which is released um, from the liver. And it then travels around the body and elicits its effects, which is primarily the growth of all bodily tissues and that of course has its benefits and it, it also has its drawbacks and I'll go into the drawbacks in a second but the benefits of using HGH for females will typically only come in two parts number one if they are using anabolic steroids um, there is a little bit of a link uh, hypothesis you could say between the, the benefit of using steroids and IGF-1 so IGF-1 uh, levels are increased after the the injection of HGH if you use steroids there is an increased IGF, IGF-1 receptors in muscle cells so that's the link there there's more receptors, there's more IGF-1 they bind to the receptors and then they then elicit their effects to elicit or to help muscle growth etc etc um, however, however, however in this scenario we're talking about if females are not using steroids or we're talking about the scenario by which it's non like non-androgenic so that that that's maybe off the table right or you know he's on he's done for eight weeks and i was off it for 12 and those 12 weeks can i still use hgh well you can but i think it's going to give you a lot less in regards to muscle growth than than you think what i think it'll give you and this is the biggest benefit of hgh in my opinion is it'll give you a little bit of fluid retention around your joints tendons, ligaments, your soft tissue, connective tissue that often takes a massive beating 
when we're training in a progressive manner. Particularly if you're, you know, really strong, female, well-muscled, big girl, um, shifting a ton of weight in the gym, um, sore knees, sore niggles, elbow here, shoulder there, whatever, HGH will come in and it will really, really help. And one of the other benefits alongside that is that it does promote, obviously, the growth in all tissues, so you will perhaps see um, your skin quality improve. Uh, someone might say you're radiating a little bit more um, and the growth of your hair, like the hair on your head, not necessarily like uh, body hair growth because, again, we're not playing about with levels of testosterone. We're playing about with levels of, of HGH and subsequently IGF-1. Um, now, if you were to use be using steroids and use HGH at the same time, you'd get the benefit of, obviously, um, the link that HGH has with testosterone, but also we know that as females use testosterone, their skin quality can get a little bit poorer and a little bit spots. Well, the HGH helps effectively almost clear that up, if that makes sense. What are some of the drawbacks? Okay, the drawbacks are it's quite expensive to use. Uh, you're talking like the 100 um, IUs of underground HGH will probably set you back about 150 pounds. Now, if you're living in the in the US or Australia or wherever, you can do that conversion. It costs a lot, but as a female, you're probably only going to use one IU a day, maybe two, but it's not going to be loads. So even though it's £150, if it's one IU a day over 100 days, that £150 lasts you three months, effectively. I think one of the biggest drawbacks that people don't speak about enough is that it will it will increase your blood sugar levels, right? Now, why is that? Because as you inject HGH and obviously then subsequent IGF-1, it promotes some um, kind of glucose dumping into the blood via conversion from muscle glycogen, um, which is like stored glucose, and then the conversion of uh, um, non-carbohydrate precursor, precursors. Fancy word for saying it promotes like protein and fats to turn into carbohydrates and to be released into the blood. All in all, what this does is pushes your blood sugar up. As it pushes your blood sugar up, again, what does that do? Puts you out with an optimal range uh, for muscle growth. And this is why people will typically use insulin and HGH at the same time combined together so that the insulin controls, the uh, insulin helps control your blood sugars. Now, off one IU a day, you know, how much how much worse are those blood sugars going to be? Um, in my opinion, probably negligible, but it may still have an effect. It depends on the potency of the HGH that you're using. Is it pharma grade, which has probably cost you a lot more, or is it underground labs, which we know underground labs the potency is a little bit weaker. You know, if you think you're taking one IU, you may be taking 0.75 IUs or whatever, right? So even if it is slightly underdosed, I guess that's a benefit for you in regards to your blood sugars. Um, but again, you'll still get the benefit of, um, you know, skin quality, hair quality, etc., etc. But let's not let's not beat around the bush here. What other things can HGH perhaps cause? Um, well. If you have any form, now you might not know this, any form of malignant or non-malignant tumour in the body, it will encourage that growth. 
and you go, well, how will I know before going on it? Well, you don't. You just like for me, I just assumed. I was like, right, I, I I'm just gonna just gonna fuck fuck it, you know, um, just go on it, and that's what um, that's what I did, and nothing nothing came from it. However, if you were to use higher levels of HGH, what what could it also encourage? Well, it could encourage bone growth, so it can encourage the growth of hands, feet, jawline, those sides are irreversible. I personally feel those dosages will only come at really, really, sorry, those side effects will only come at high dosages. I don't think, from experience, having had many females run one year growth for a long time, that they've seen any change to the size of their feet, hands, or jaw. Because they would tell me, and obviously I would see the, I'd see the jawline changing, um, but none of them have ever mentioned anything about shoe size or whatever. Uh, for the most part, the majority of my girls are running underground stuff, uh, opposed to farmer grade, which obviously we know is a lot more expensive. But I think HH in general, it's, it's like a PED that is probably a little bit overrated, but I would say from a therapeutic, cosmetic or therapeutic standpoint of skin quality, hair quality, um, it's fantastic. And also the benefit you get from the just the support to your joints and the recovery because like tendons, uh, tendons, ligaments and cartilage and all that, it just can't keep up with the same rate of muscle growth, particularly if you do decide to jump on the juice, uh, you know, the juice, the gear, whatever you want to call it, that, that helps stimulate muscle growth. It doesn't help stimulate the repair and the support of that connective tissue that um, we want. So that's where the HGH comes in. So again, if you're going to consider using HGH, there's a lot to weigh up, but um, I found a fair bit of success with it. And it's mostly with my females that want better skin and better hair. Simple as that. Um, other tools you can use. I mean, there's loads. Like, and this podcast could um could last forever about the the different tools you could use. And you could go listen to Victor Black, uh, and perhaps Joe Jeffries and get a little bit more info. But for me, I'm just giving you some um some to listen to whilst you either maybe on the stairmaster uh, or out doing your steps or whatever. But one of the ones you could use, and I use a lot with um with females is metformin metformin is actually typically type 2 diabetes medication and it is um, used specifically to help lower blood sugars from non-insulin dependent pathways oh that's a it's a fancy word isn't it um and again it's going to help put your blood sugars in a little bit of a better point to um being a more optimal place to, to gain muscle mass and to, to not add body fat, right? Because we're, we're trying to look at your blood sugars across the entire day, what they're doing, what they're, where they're at, and what we want to avoid is it being chronically high. We always want it to come back to baseline. That puts us in that kind of optimal range. The biggest drawback from met, metformin is the, the potential um, it has to give you a little bit of digestive... Um, stress whether that be an upset tummy bloating i had one client this year uh she's just got a lot of like nausea from it and then when we pulled it out that completely went away i have others who don't notice any sides from it at all and i think the one added benefit of metformin is it's like a an antioxidant well what's that like we um when we take a bit of gear 
we train and whatnot, we increase the amount of um, oxidative stress in the body and free radicals. And effectively, what metformin will do is help lower those levels. Why is that good? Okay, it's good because it helps us just be our general health, be a little bit healthier. It helps us put us in a better spot for adding muscle mass, dropping body fat. Um, you could see how everything is coming down back to adding muscle mass and drop, be more efficient at dropping body fat, etc., etc. Right, um, and at the same time, like if there's an increase in free radicals um, in our body, you know we're more prone to illness. And you look at any of the autoimmune diseases that are across the the world, and you know free radicals and whatnot are are super high in in those individuals. But again, let's not try and confuse you too much, and just remember that metformin. Is something that can help you manage your blood sugars a little more effectively from non-insulin independent pathways, but it may give you the runs or bloating or upset tummy or whatever that may be. So you could also use telmasartan, which again, some people will um, tell you antioxidant properties. Effectively, what telmasartan was really going to do is help lower your blood pressure a little bit if it's really high. I personally don't really put it in for females. Not unless I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it in unless they were fucking jacked, and you were measuring blood pressure, and you start to notice that it went a little bit higher than usual. Out with that, I don't really see it as its place. People might tell you, "Oh yeah, but it's a you know metabolic modulator." I'm like yeah, but these fucking girls run so much gear and whatnot that it's not really going to have too much of an effect, in my opinion. So if you say tell me certain. I say, yeah, fully understand. But with that, I think that the main ones I would use for me, Slim, HGH, bit of metformin, um, out with using like Femtest, Anavar Primo, etc, etc. And of course, all of those are used primarily in a gaining phase. One of the added benefits and one I've not, I didn't really touch on with HGH is that Human growth hormone will promote um, fat metal fat burning. Let's say um, in a fasted state, right? So this is why you'll see people on prep that are taking HGH do fasted cardio because they're trying to get more fat loss from it. However, the word fasted state usually means that you haven't eaten for twenty four hours. We as bodybuilders eat before we go to sleep, so we're not really in a fasted state when we go into training in the morning. Albeit you've not eaten like for ten hours or, or whatever that may be. Um, will it give you a bit more fat loss? Maybe, but I honestly feel it's not really necessary and needed and you shouldn't be using it for that specific property. And if you are, you know, forcing yourself to do fasted cardio and fucking yeah, really, really struggling because of it, um, just don't bother. Um, chuck it out. Do cardio in a fed state. Uh, the last thing you want to do is do... If you're doing fasted cardio, it means that you're shite at it and you don't put much effort and intensity is poor. Don't bother. Do it in a fed state where your intensity is super high, you work hard, um, your heart rate's up the whole time and you're not just like going through the motions. But of course, like you can then go into the tools that you could use um, in, a, in a dieting phase, of course, which would be um, clenbuterol, which for those of you who don't know, increases the levels of adrenaline uh, in the body, binds to specific receptors in, in fat cells, and initiates fat burning. The more adrenaline you have, the more binding to these receptors, and hey, jobs are good. In. At the same time, thyroid hormone, which if you on my Instagram today, you'll see I've just put out uh, a reel about that. 
again increasing your body's levels of T3, T4 production uh, effectively the, the thyroid is the master switch in the body and controls your metabolism controls how much fat you will be able to lose be able to burn and naturally as you diet that would come down so if you put in you take thyroid hormone you're keeping your levels nice and high or higher than they would usually be and giving your body an increased rate more efficient rate of fat loss so those are two two tools you could definitely use in a dieting phase you know i think you could definitely still use um a little bit of metformin slim if carbs are high enough at the start of a dieting phase probably not more so could probably use that as in, in a um, when you run high days like use 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 a little bit of no rapid when you run high days in a prep but personally i think like what i've just went through is typically the tools that i would use now someone might say oh but you use l-carnitine when they're dieting i fucking think that just chuck that right in the bin there, but of course, there, there's there, there's a few other tools that you can use, um, but these are the main ones that I feel make a difference. That are commonplace. That there's a lot of information on that a lot of people are taking or not not speaking about, but they are and they might speak about if you ask about them. If you're unsure on any of them, um, particularly like some insulin, which could be potentially dangerous, don't hesitate to to drop me um, drop me a message, drop me a line, particularly like on Instagram. I'm, I'm typically on there majority of the day on my phone majority of the day, um, and I'm more happy to have a chat. But please do take advantage of the fact like there is over 200 episodes that are free to listen to and over 100 ep- uh, articles on the website that go into real detail of all these drugs that I've just given a little synopsis over. Like it goes to in all the physiological processes and the mechanisms of action um, for each and every single one of those drugs. And again, it puts them across in layman's terms. I hope that this podcast has come across like you can understand it. Uh, even if you're not from a science background, that's what I always try and do. Uh, and if I have given a bit more to sciencey terms again, just, just message me. I'll try and explain it a little bit more. But I think this will probably be the last episode uh, for 2023. And uh, I just wanted to add a note or add a line in here and say a massive thank you just to anyone out there who has listened um, to my ramblings uh, this year or over the years. You know, the podcast will be going into its what sixth year next year. I started this in. 2018 late 2018 uh, after a holiday in mexico and i didn't think it would be 200 odd episodes later i just thought i'd do a podcast and see how we go but here we are still doing it um for as much as i say i'll get more guests on next year probably not like when it gets to show season i'm fucking like my schedule's rammed and in between weekends the downtime is being home you know so i do check-ins and i do some instagram posts but i just try to spend a bit of time with the family so uh, the actual going out and getting more guests on takes time to do that i just i don't put the time and effort into do but if there is a guest here on here that you'd love to love to hear i'd love to know about it let me know um because obviously these episodes i done done my own absolutely fine but if you want to hear about someone's journey or getting educated on um i know a lot of people in the industry and can easily get them on but i hope that this year you have you're able to take what you've learned um put it into practice and I hope it's helped better your journey. I hope that you've got better results from it with yourself or if you're a coach with your athletes. Um, if you are one of my clients listening, which a lot of them do, uh, a massive thank you for um, putting your trust in me um, with your journey this year. Again, you know I'm only able to do what I do because of my clients and um, I'm incredibly grateful that, that all of them over the years have um, put their trust in me. It's, it's still uh, something I have to wake up every day and just pinch myself that I, I do what I do and 
I get to call it work or I get to call it a job because it doesn't feel like that and I still feel like I have the, the best job in the world. If you are someone that is looking to compete next year, now that all the calendars are out effectively, um, I always have space. Like You'll never hear me say, like, oh, two spaces left. I'm always going to say, like, I got space. All you got to do, go on Instagram, drop me a DM, or go on the website, prepcoachuk.com, hit the inquiry form, and I'll get back to you really shortly. Um, but that's it for me from 2023. I said, wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.